Hello, and welcome back to the Dynasty Locker Room Podcast Network. Uh, another episode today of the Players to Be Named Later podcast. Wow, the first month of baseball has sure, sure flown by, but the DLR team here continues to look, deliver content on a daily basis, whether you be looking for waiver wire, rankings, or anything in between. We've got you covered here for fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and fantasy hockey. My co-host today is a man who needs a little introduction. It's none other than none other than the real Tyler Farr. Tyler, how are we doing today? Yeah, doing pretty well. I uh, just can't believe how quick this uh, first month of baseball has flown by. And I just remember a couple months ago us questioning, you know, when baseball would start. But man, it's it's been a treat to be able to watch baseball. I feel like we got more day games, which is amazing to be able to, you know, sit at home you know, and work and have baseball in the background throughout the day into the evening. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Absolutely. It's been really fun to watch not only day baseball, but not to have to wonder when baseball is going to start. Like you mentioned, doesn't seem like it was two months ago that we we're, you know, knee deep in a lockout wondering when we were going to see baseball. So to be able to sit here two months later, enjoy some day baseball. I know we're both watching games today. Uh, we were, we're pretty heavily into uh, a matchup of our own in our own dynasty league. So uh, definitely both watching some starts here, but uh, what, what else you got going on? Yeah, I am um, continuing my uh, waiver wire pickups. I just released uh, week four, uh, trying to do some deeper dives into some players that are, you know, around that 50% own mark that, uh, you know, if you haven't looked at investing early, there's some names out there that uh, are starting to produce that, uh, you know, whether they've had previously uh, struggled in previous seasons or, you know, other guys that are starting to get new roles in re relief spots like uh, Ryan Helsley. But uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later. But one thing I do want to touch on, uh, you know, if you've listened to our podcast is uh, both Test Monster and I made a shot bet on Luis Robert and Mookie Betts. And uh, this is a shot bet that's going to be paid out monthly. And this month, I happen to be the winner, choosing Mookie Betts to lead in a points league and a six by six uh, roto league. And it sounded like uh, I, I chose correctly there, wouldn't you say, Test Monster? You know, I I, I would say you did. Uh, I I think an injury on the half behalf of my player probably helped you a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say. Uh, <laughs> It, it definitely helped. I think uh, with Luis's speed and his power, I think that he could lead some of those categories in a roto format. Uh, fortunately for, uh, you know, me, he missed a, a solid week of this month when, and Mookie's starting to heat up. So uh, yeah, that was, that was helpful, but I'm excited to see you take these two shots. That's for sure. Well, bottoms up. Here goes number I believe he chose tequila was his choice, so I can't imagine it. Those taste good. Durango of all of all brands. Not a good tequila. Mm. Okay. Oh. Woo. I gotta say, you know, anybody listening, hearing someone take a shot bet isn't the same as someone, you know, you watching it. But uh, listening, yeah, you, you can't see the pain in my eyes right now. That's for sure. We can hear the struggle, and I enjoy it. Oh, well, uh, that's another shot that paid up, but uh, on to bigger and better things, I think. So, uh, as we mentioned, first month of baseball is in the book. What have we been watching and seeing? What do you make of uh, some of the division races out there right now, Tyler? 
Yeah, I, I knew uh, for my team, the Angels, it was going to be an interesting race, and I'm excited to see them come out of the gates hot. They're playing really good ball. Their pitching's been very productive. Their hitting has been very productive. It's nice to see uh, people contributing like Taylor Ward, Brandon Marsh. Uh, it was interesting to see Joe Adele sent down, but not overly surprising with uh, some of the production I've seen from other teams or from other players in that team. But Houston's, you know, struggled out of the gate, but they're starting to come around. Seattle's struggling. So I think that division race is going to be very interesting. Um, and then going over the National League, you know, it's it's no surprise seeing Milwaukee, you know, dominate that division. I think that was something that we predicted early on before the season. But uh, in the West, you know, the Dodgers are just proving that they're still the team to beat. You know, everybody thought, you know, it was going to be the Giants again, but you got four teams above 500 in that, that division. And even Arizona is managing to stay 500. So I find that a very, very interesting division to watch and see what happens there. Yeah, that's a really compelling race. Uh, when, I, when I first glanced at the standings in preparation for this, that was one thing that kind of drew my eye was, wow, that's a really competitive division. I mean, top to bottom, you see all of the teams within four and a half games. Uh, through the first month. So hopefully it, it stays true to form and is fun to watch down the stretch. I don't know if the Rockies can hang on. And certainly I expect the Diamondbacks to fall back a little bit, but uh, they've been, both been playing good ball so far. Uh, one of the things that's kind of caught my eye is, you know, some of the surprising division leaders. Uh, we talked about a lot of teams at the start of the year, but uh, nobody expected the Twins to lead the pack in the AL Central, certainly. And they went on a nice little stretch before uh, – going, uh, you know, one of three over the last three or one and two over the last three. So uh, definitely something I didn't pick. Uh, I know when we had our start of the year podcast, we were both talking about how the White Sox were the class of the division. And uh, they've been a little bit hotter winning three in a row late, lately. But uh, definitely uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what rises to the top there because it doesn't look like anything good at this point. Uh Another interesting one for me is looking out there at the AL East. Uh, no surprise that the Yankees are leading the pack with the Blue Jays and Rays hot on their tail, but uh, the Red Sox starting pretty slow at 10 and 15. Uh, definitely not seeing Trevor Story uh, living up to that contract so far and kind of having some of the struggles there. So a lot of, a lot of interesting things to watch for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you sort of mentioned Colorado, but Man, I thought their bullpen would be a struggle for them, especially starting pitching. But overall, they've looked pretty good. I, I still am not a believer, but right now they're proving me wrong. So be curious to see where they're at in a month. So, yeah, no, overall, there's going to be some uh, impelling division races. Absolutely. And speaking of, you know, compelling, uh, have you seen what Jose Ramirez has do been doing this month? My God, I mean, can this guy be stopped at all? Yeah, I... You know, I, I traded him in our dynasty league and I just look back and I don't know what the heck I was thinking, especially the return I got for that. But uh, yeah, he's he's pretty unstoppable between him and uh, Arenado. I don't know which one's more impressive. And yeah, it's just it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk about that trade, I think it's important to note that, you know, obviously in this particular league, we play in a points format. So the stolen bases aren't as much of a factor as like it would be in a roto, but still to see what he's doing, even without stealing a ton of bags so far, he's only got two steals on the year. It's just impressive that stat line triple slash that he's putting up. And speaking yeah. of impressive, 
Wow, Anthony Rizzo, what do you have to say about this? Uh, looking back at those uh, top 300 rankings, I don't know if I'm going to love that ranking at the end of the year and certainly not the shot that we made. Yeah, you know, both Nation and I were a little surprised where, where we saw you had him ranked. And I just remember thinking, you know, he I don't when he came to the Yankees last year, I, I thought that, that he, he didn't quite produce like he, he would if he resigned. And then sure as could be, you know, he's leading the or he's tied with the league lead in home runs with nine already. I just think that uh, that field lines up with his swings so nicely. I, I am so happy that uh, we already have one shot bet on there, but I think, uh, I think this calls for another shot, but what do you say? Uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we sort of talked before we got on this podcast about 31 and a half being the line where I'll take the over, you take the under for uh, another double shot bet. Yeah. We should uh, double down. You're thinking. Oh yeah. I think we double down. Well, I, I'm not one to back down even when I'm wrong. So uh, why, why, why don't we put this one on the board too? I'm here for it. Well, yeah. I, I think you'll be taking those shots, not even in September, but in August. That is a bold prediction. Uh, <laughs> boy, well, we've, we've talked a lot about things going well, but what do you make of some of the struggles around the league? I mean, you look at guys who are, you know, is switching to a, more of a fantasy landscape, talking about Joey Gallo, Whit Merrifield, and Jared Kelenic absolutely struggling. What do you see here? Do you think there's an, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel? You know, I got to believe with Merrifield, with his hit, hit, hitting ability, his speed, in a roto format, I got to think that that's going to come around, and, and you just got to be patient with him right now. It's, it's really tough to watch. Uh, as far as Gallo goes, he's never been one to hit for average, but he's just not, not really doing anything right now. So it's really questionable if, you know, if, if this is going to be a, a long-term struggle for him or if he's going to bounce back here in the month of May. My belief that, uh, you know, this is, this is a guy that rides those struggles pretty hard. I, I think we could see someone struggling up into the all-star break. So uh, I, I think uh, for Gallo, it's bad news with how slow he's come out of the gate. As far as Kellenic goes, um, I'm not too worried about him. I think we've seen him progress compared to his previous year. I think we have seen some advancements at his plate approach, but you know, this isn't the colonic that we thought was going to come up. So I think uh, there's still some to be desired there. I think the more plates he's going to get, the more experience, I think it's going to start to come around. Yeah. I, I think the most concerning thing about Gallo to me is that, you know, you see the 188 batting average. And when you look at the Babbitt at 290, you wonder, you know, which is also above his career average. You wonder what the heck's going on there because he's putting the ball in play and he's, you know, still having a low average. Clearly a lot of that's due to how he's seeing the ball because he's striking out at, you know, an impressive rate. And uh, a lot of that can be corrected, but will it be corrected? Who's to say, especially if the power is not there right now. So I, I don't know what to make of that one. And uh, Whit Merrifield is certainly an interesting case. I mean, I certainly didn't pick him to have three extra base hits in 23 games and certainly didn't pick him to, you know, have a 151 batting average when he's a 290 career hitter. So that that one's a little bit more, uh, you wonder what the heck's going on. And then you look at, you know, a, a Babbitt that's at 171. I think he's due for some positive regression. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think that he was going to continue uh, 
being this kind of super utility player who could swipe 40 bags and, you know, pop 10 home runs and hit 300 forever. But I definitely didn't think that would decline would happen so aggressively at age 33. So I expect a little positive regression here, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough sledding right now and you can't cut them. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I do want to point out, I, met, I talked about Kalnick a little bit. I want to point out his uh, counterpart rookie and uh, Rodriguez leading the league in stills. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Nation and I were talking about that the other day. It's kind of impressive, you know, e even though he hasn't quite come into his own fully at the plate, it's it's impressive to see that uh, speed playing up already, especially for a guy who only swiped 20 bags last year. Uh, pretty impressive to see him swipe nine in the first month of the year. Yeah, he's finding ways to uh, be productive for his team, even with his struggles. So I, uh, I'm excited to see what Kelnick and, and uh, Rodriguez could do by the end of the season for the Mariners. Absolutely. Well, why, why don't we dig a little bit deeper into the fantasy realm, uh, talk about some waiver wire pickups, some un, under-owned players, some dynasty pickups. Uh, I know, obviously, you're running the waiver wire claim here at the dynasty locker room. Why don't we go back and forth a little bit and talk about some pitchers first uh, that we think uh, can be scooped up off the waiver wire or some guys we think uh, can be a great dynasty value going forward? Yeah, uh... One guy I actually mentioned in my most recent article, and this is going to be in deeper formats where holds and saves are very much in play for Roto, uh, Ryan Helsley. Um, you know, we've only seen him pitch roughly about a little over eight innings, but his K rate is incredible at roughly 17, 18%. Um, it's just incredible what, what he's done so far with not giving up a run, uh, being able to, you know, first first for uh, save of the season was a two inning save, and with some of the struggles they've had in their bullpen, you start to wonder, you know, someone that has added two and a half miles on his fastball and with his other plus pitches, is this someone that can take over in that role if, uh, you know, if, if their closer continues to struggle? Because I don't think that their bullpen is really that strong where he can't earn that spot, whether it's even a high leverage position where you're in a holds league and that's going to be what he takes over or if he can get some saves here and there. I am of the belief that, you know, come midseason, he could be, you know, it could be a saves by committee and uh, they can be based off matchups. So Ryan Helsley is a guy that uh, I'm starting to dig more and more. And if he continues that success, I think he's going to be in that high leverage spot to uh, get those holds and saves. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a guy I've been following more closely in the last week. And I think he grabbed a lot of headlines when he threw a pitch at 103 miles an hour last week. So uh, definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on as far as bullpens go. Uh, one guy I've been looking at lately is none other than Texas Dane Dunning. Uh, when he was acquired from the White Sox, I didn't know what to make of that. And uh, hasn't really done a ton in the last couple of years, but he's had a couple of nice starts lately. Uh, got the got the win against Atlanta at the end of the month with a quality start, seven Ks and seven point two innings. So that was a nice outing, and followed that up uh, before that with a, a winning effort over Houston. Even though he didn't uh, get credit for the win, he struck up five and in five innings, and he's quietly been having a really nice year. 
uh, posting a, a 9K per nine. The walks are down this year, which is nice to see. Uh, never really been a home run prone pitcher as a ground ball kind of guy. So definitely a guy I think you could grab at the end of your rotation. Uh, throwing up a 3.8 ERA this year and only had one really bad start out of five. So definitely a guy I'd be looking at if you need uh, some help in your pitching rotation. Definitely a streamable guy, I think. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm going to go over to uh, same division uh, with Paul Blackburn for the athletics. Uh, this is a, a guy that I picked up in our dynasty league, but I think he plays really well in a roto uh, you know, format as well. Um, across 24 innings, he's holding about a 9K per nine, an ERA under 2.5. He's got a whip under one. He's got three wins, no losses. And, you know, I was questioning if this was sustainable, but he's managed to do all of this against Tampa Bay twice, Toronto once, San Francisco once. So it's not like he's facing, you know, weak competition. He faced Baltimore outside of those teams. But other than that, uh, you know, he's faced some tough top competition and really has produced. So if you're looking for someone that, uh, you know, he's not going to light it up for the K board, but someone that can, you know, help you, you know, with your whip, with your ERA. And, you know, if, if, if Oakland can score, maybe even get you some wins. So this is someone in a roto or points format that I think uh, is undervalued. I, you know, he's right around that 70% own. So if you see him available, you know, whether you want to stream him or pick him up, I think that's someone that uh, you can ride right here early in the season. Yeah. I know we've talked a little bit about Blackburn and, I, I still don't know what to make of him. I mean, he's, he's had some nice starts. I'll give you that, but I, I just don't see a ton here that I love. I mean, he's definitely streamer worthy, but you look back at, you know, what he's done previously in his career and over the last five years, he's never done anything. So I guess I'm not inclined to believe he's figured it out finally at age 28. Uh, I mean, his, his advanced metrics are kind of all over the place. Uh, he's got some really nice, you know, he's got, uh, a good whiff rate uh, above average, at least he's been able to miss barrels so far. I think the biggest thing for me is the drop in walk rate. I wonder how long that's going to be consistent or if he figured something out there, but he's in the top 10 percentile there right now. Uh, some other things that I don't love though. I mean, he's in the bottom in hard hit rate, bottom third of the league below average and expected batting average chase rate isn't great. So the stuff isn't good enough for me to think that he's a long-term asset, but I definitely think that there's at least some streamer worthy quality, especially since he's been showing he can do it against the, low, the better tier teams. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with you all around. Uh, one guy I've been watching uh, pretty closely lately is Adrian Hauser. I'm actually watching him right now against the Reds. Uh, he's, he's been quietly very nice this year. And actually he's been, you know, a pretty good value over the last year or so as well. You saw him pitch to a 3-2-2 ERA last year with 10 wins and 150 innings over 28 starts. Uh, he's not a huge strikeout guy, but he he limits the hard hit contact. Definitely a ground ball pitcher. Uh, he's just been overly effective, and it doesn't look like he's at risk of losing his rotation spot like I thought he might be. Uh, certainly at the beginning of the year between him and Lauer, I thought one might lose the job. and Both of them have been pitching supremely this year, and uh, while we've seen Aaron Ashby be uh, pretty good with a 2-3-3 ERA, we've also seen him issue 14 free passes in 21 innings. So 
Uh, definitely not really uh, anything at risk of losing his job yet. Uh, I'd like to see him drop that walk rate. Uh, that's creeping up. He's at 4.2 per nine, but uh, with a 2.53 ERA on the year, even though he gave up three in the first inning today, definitely a guy I'm watching, and I think he can pick up some quality starts and at least be a good area of relief for your ERA and maybe grab you some wins with how well Milwaukee's playing. I was just about to ask you, how's he working out so far today? But that's only because we're faced off and I, uh, I'm i enjoying watching him uh, struggle that first inning. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that Milwaukee pitching staff, I think they feed off of each other. I mean, you got some, you got Woodruff, you got Burns, you got Peralta, who's finally coming into uh, his own and uh, producing like he did last season. And, you know, you watch three guys at the top of that rotation dominating, and then you you have guys like Lauer, Ashby, Hauser. I mean, it's just that that pitching staff is incredible. You think that the guys that are going to struggle, you know, are going to post a high mid to high four ERA and they're coming out out of the gate hot. So I, you know, it's hard not to look at that Milwaukee pitching staff. And if you're streaming guys or you want to pick someone up, it's hard not to look there right away. So I I think that's a good name. Uh, You know, I'm going to switch over to my hitters. Uh, I get, I, I got some hitters that I've actually written about too. And, and one that, uh, you know, he's owned in a good fair share of the leagues is Ha Sung Kim. He's right around 75% owned. But uh, I invested into him last season when he came over. And I thought, you know, there's, there's a lot to like there. But, man, did he struggle. Well, with Tatis being out of that lineup, he's gotten another opportunity. And he is, you know, starting out pretty hot. I, I, I have to say, you know, he's, he's finally catching up to the big league hitting over here in the U.S. Um, so far, he's posted three home runs. His strikeouts have decreased heavily, where his walks have increased. So that's not, that was one of the most promising things, uh, and the reason why I wrote about him that uh, I think his plate discipline, his plate approach has changed big time from last year to this year. So I think that's a big reason that you know if you're looking for someone to pick up, I think uh, Ha Sung Kim's starting to finally come into his own. Yeah, that's not a bad take. And when I saw you write about that earlier this week, I was like, what? But absolutely, he's been coming into his own and it's been fun to watch. Definitely getting a boost in playing time with Tatis out. And it'll be fun to see how far he can take it. And who knows with the struggles of Cronenworth to begin the year, maybe he can start to creep into the lineup even when Tatis returns. Yeah, I mean, Hosmer, the way Hosmer has been producing, you you know, he's pretty much solidified that, uh, you know, they might've made the right call by keeping him around, even though they tried bringing Void over, but Hosmer's producing, Kim's producing. So, you know, you start to wonder, is there going to be an open spot when Tatis comes back for Kim? But right now I'd be writing those uh, successes out for him. Uh, one of the names I've been watching lately has been uh, Josh Naylor for the Cleveland Indian Guardians. Um, definitely playing on the strong side of a platoon. So definitely not a lefty guy, but uh, as a left-handed hitter against righties, he's been mashing in 15 games. He's he's got a 3.40 average, uh, 5.09 slugging with five extra base hits of his 18 so far. Uh, way up there in exit velocity this year, and that's led to a huge increase in expected batting average, expected slugging. His K rate is way down. Uh, definitely not drawing walks still but uh, definitely not swinging and missing as frequently uh, seeing that strikeout rate go from 18% to 12% in a very small sample size, albeit, uh, but definitely a guy I've been watching. And uh, who knows at age 24, he might be starting to 
blossom into one of the better first basemen or at least somebody to keep on your peripheral and maybe worthy of a pickup? Yeah, this was a guy I wrote about a couple of weeks ago uh, as my player of the week. And I'm a big fan of him. I think that uh, there's a lot, you know, to be desired there. But you sort of mentioned, you know, there's going to be games where he's not going to play if, you know, if the matchup for the pitcher doesn't line up because he is going to be limited. But, you know, if you're looking for someone that can get you high production, I mean, he's putting up roughly about a 900 OPS, you know, in those six by six formats, he could be very productive. Um he, st- he was still so young last year. We, we thought he might break out last year, but 24 years old. I mean, he's still learning quite a bit. I think there's a lot to be desired, especially in a dynasty format. If you're looking at picking someone up long-term, I think he could be a, a good answer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, and we, we've seen guys, you know, play well when they're on that positive side of the platoon and be, you know, one of the higher roster players. I mean, look no further than Jesse Winker who can't hit lefties to save his life, but, absolutely matches right-handers so uh yeah. definitely definitely guys worth rostering nonetheless yeah guy i got that uh i've wanted to talk about before but uh you know my you know the dynasty that we play in is a points league and this guy is irrelevant in a points league just due to how much he strikes out but if you're playing in a roto where strikeouts really don't matter sheldon noose i think uh i think that's how you pronounce it sheldon noose no easy whatever yeah <laughs> just English, whatever. But uh, he's posting a 313 batting average. He's got an 813 OPS. He's gotten 14 RBIs uh, with two home runs. I mean, this is someone that sort of was under my radar. But when you look at, you know, he still has, I mean, he has three stolen bases too. So in a in a six by six or even a five by five, this is someone that's hitting all the categories across the board. And I think his power is going to play a little bit more too as the season progresses. Ah oh, man, I, I, I'm, I wasn't a belief the first couple of weeks of the season, but you know, we're a month in, he's got 80 at bats that he's done this in. So this is someone that, you know, if you're in a Roto league, I think this is someone that you have to highly consider. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely playing his part so far and, you know, for what the athletics have to offer, at least on that roster, uh, I guess he's about as good as he gets. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jason might say that they're bad for baseball, but Sheldon would Sheldon would uh, strongly disagree with him. I think Sheldon's just grateful for playing time. I, <laughs> you know, I think he was with the Dodgers before, and I think uh, he never thought he'd get any playing time. So I got to imagine he's he's thankful that, according to Jason, they're bad for baseball, and you know, <laughs> that's what that's what's getting him the playing time. Absolutely. Well, another name that we touched on last time with Jason, uh, Dan Vogelback just continues to hit baseballs. Uh, Talk about another lefty specialist here. Uh, Still hitting 292, which is well above his career mark. So I wonder how long that's going to hang around. But uh, as a full-time DH in the National League now, uh, can definitely pick and choose his matchups a little bit more uh, evenly, I would say. Uh, Definitely out there on the positive side more often than not. Uh, being able to post eight extra base hits of his 21 hits, uh, 21 hits in 20 games, uh, definitely a guy who's on a tear right now. Uh, even his walk rate is up. So definitely uh, been fun to watch, even for a, a pretty bad, for the most part, Pirates team. Uh, you know, it, it's another nice story that we've been following this year and definitely a guy worthy of consideration, especially in your <clears throat> batting average and OPS leagues while he's hot. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think he's definitely, uh, just like Sheldon, uh, you know, 
getting favorable playing time because of the team he's on. So another guy that uh, I don't know how long it's going to last, but a, a definitely a good waiver wire pickup to uh, ride out. So, yeah, I don't hate that all. Uh, a guy that I want to talk about just because I invested and I, uh, I've done, I think, two or three articles now on him. Uh, so I, I just have to sort of uh, justify myself of why I was saying you should be buying into him early on. It's Dalton Varsho. I mean, he's going to be owned in almost every league just because there's a lot of two catcher systems out there. There's, you know, he's one of those guys where he's playing outfield. So with his catcher eligibility, he's going to be playing more often than most catchers. Yeah. He's starting to finally come around five home runs, 12 RBIs. Um, the strikeouts were a little worrisome, especially if you're in a points format where those kill you. But uh, he's walked 12 times, so that, uh, you know, his plate discipline from the first two weeks to these last two weeks have changed drastically. So I think this is someone that, as the season progresses, he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think we both touched on it. I, I question how long that catcher eligibility is actually going to last. Uh, you know, with, with three games behind the plate and only one of them is start. Uh, I'm just a little bit nervous about that as, as an owner, whether I need to invest in another catcher, but definitely turning it on and, you know, where, where you can pick up those extra steals and uh, extra home runs, especially that kind of a, a offensively start position. Uh, definitely a guy who's been turning it on of late and uh, well worth an investment, especially in roto formats. Definitely. Yeah. And I think his value still is going to be there, even if he's in outfield only. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a concern. I mean, you're sitting here watching him not be behind the plate as much as we thought. We knew, you know, he's only got to catch 30, 40 games to make it happen. But I mean, it's going to probably take an injury at this point to keep that catcher eligibility. Right. Well, one more hitter I want to touch on. And, you know, he's definitely not going to wow you, especially in terms of power. But uh, Joey Wendell, question mark. Uh, you know, he, he's looking good for the Marlins so far after spending a bunch of years uh, in another Florida team that's, you know, been known for success. Uh, he moved right over to Miami and he's been hitting well, uh, batting at a 300 average over the first month of ball, uh, only seven extra base hits, but he's got 18 total hits for that 300 average. So uh, I, I don't think it's an increase in power. I mean, you look at his exit velocity, hard hit rate, barrel rate, all in the bottom 25% of the league. So nothing special there, but uh, he's known for being able to get hits and get on base. I mean, with a 275 career average and a 340 on base, uh, definitely something you can at least look to bolster those stats in, uh, especially if one of those categories you play in isn't OPS. Uh, I don't think he continues to hit over an 800 OPS, certainly, but with you know a low K rate, he can even help you in points leagues. So definitely worthy of consideration if you're uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a, a huge bat for the Marlins. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about how, you know, they have a good pitching staff and to be able to get some bats that, you know, are going to get on base and uh, have some impactful bats like Jazz. And I, I just think that that Marlins lineup is finally, you know, going to have some production. And I think Wendell right now, if he can continue, this is going to really help them in that. I, I can't say a division race because I think that division is going to be long over but uh maybe get that wild card spot well you got any other names otherwise I got one more name to toss up you know no names that come to mind I uh you know I 
sort of at this point trying to do some deeper dives, but no one at this point that I'd rush to go uh, look at picking up for a dynasty format other than streamworthy. But uh, yeah, who you got? Uh, last name I've got is uh, none other than Tyler Anderson. He's been a favorite streaming target of mine over the last couple of years, uh, whether it be in Pittsburgh or Seattle last year, and even the Giants the year before that. Uh, he's been quietly effective over his career, you know, posting some nice K rates with uh, relatively few walks and a decent ERA for some of the teams he's been pitching on. But this year, uh, moving over to the Dodgers and kind of uh, being able to take over that uh, spot starter long relief role. Uh, he's been pretty effective with uh, 255 ERA so far in almost 20 innings. And when you look at uh, some of the metrics here, I mean, he's been really good at missing barrels so far, uh, really good at keeping uh, the ball in the ballpark. Uh, even though that K rate isn't anything to blow you away, uh, definitely some nice numbers here, especially for uh, a guy who's struggled uh, at doing that in his career uh, kind of eliminated the curveball from his arsenal this year. So primarily working with a fastball cutter and changeup trio uh, curveball has only been thrown a handful of times so far, three, three total pitches this year. So uh, I think that's definitely working in his favor. And uh, when you look at him, he's, he's at the top of the league and, you know, hard hit rate against bottom 3% of the league and exit velocity at only 83.5 miles an hour. Uh, really good expected numbers too. And that K rate is quietly sitting around 20%. So uh, it, I don't know if he can grab a spot and run with it. Uh, obviously he's been flopping back and forth so far, but could be worthy of consideration, especially given the team around him. If he gets that starter spot. He could be in line for double digit wins, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. No, very interesting name to be looking out for. And I know we've seen him added and dropped throughout our league uh, so far this season. So Interesting name if uh, you have a spot to maybe look at holding on to. For sure. Well, why don't we take this into the home stretch here? Uh, obviously, at the Dynasty Locker Room, we've been working really hard over the last month to bring you uh, some updated content on a daily basis, uh, whether it be rankings. Uh, Tyler's got his waiver wire article. Can you tell people when they can be expecting that, Tyler? Yeah, that should be released every Monday. Uh, this was one week. That was an exception. I had a lot going on, but... You should see that every Monday around noon uh, being released. Uh, I'm going to be continuing that uh, at least probably to the all-star break where that uh, trade deadline is going to happen, but I'll be keeping you informed. So that way you can throughout the season be looking at, uh, I mentioned streamer guys that you might be looking at picking up rookies that, you know, might be making a debut if they're available in your league um, or just guys that, you know, might be worth rostering, you know, from a dynasty standpoint, uh, Moving forward, uh, I mean, we've gotten to see, you know, guy like MJ Melendez finally make a debut. And especially in your two catcher format systems, those are kind of pickups that, uh, you know, if, if they pan out could really change a, uh, a league. And, you know, it's, it's hard to find two catchers that are producing. So, yeah, look to see that every Monday. I'm going to continue that. And hopefully I can, you know, help some teams out there, uh, you know, keep pushing. Perfect. Well, we look forward to that every Monday and our newest contributor Carlton has been putting out his who's hot and who's not article every week on Tuesday. Uh, keep an eye out for that to see uh, what's going wrong with your favorite player and what he can do to turn it around or, uh, you know, the, the scorching hot streak of one of your players and uh, 
whether we can expect that to continue. So look for that every Tuesday. Uh, we've got our weekly updated positional rankings out every week on Thursday. This week, we just put out our uh, updated first base rankings. Uh, it was interesting to see uh, some of the disagreements there, whether it be over prospects or uh, some of the guys who were previously middle of the pack that are showing up uh, this year to start. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and two start pitcher article by yours truly out every week uh, between Sunday and Monday. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll give you an idea of which two start pitchers you can count on every week and which ones are better off left on your bench. So stay tuned for that. Uh, also keep an eye out for our upcoming football podcast. Uh, I'll get Jason back on the mic and we'll go over some of the most recent offseason transactions, uh, go over some of the new landing spots and what you can expect for some of these players. And we'll start to digest some of this stuff from the NFL draft. I know everybody's draft is coming up here in the next several months. So we'll keep, give you an idea of which players you should be drafting. I think you should tune into that, Tyler. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if that was a, as much of a diss as a advice. Cause I think I, I could use the help. Yes. <laughs> All of the above. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your content outside of the dynasty locker room, Tyler? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be on Reddit. Uh, you know, I've said it several times. If you listen, my username's FART0263. That's FAR with two R's, T0263. And I'll also be on Twitter. I uh, do try to, you know, respond to comments, you know, whether it's suggestions uh, that you want to see on my articles or, you know, questions that you might have for your league on guys you should be looking at adding and dropping. You know, feel free to reach out. I try to respond day of and, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, interacting with as many people out there that want to, you know, chime in, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, you know, let me know if, you know, I was able to help you, but anything I can do to uh, make the content more relevant for you guys. Yes, absolutely. And you can find me as always everywhere at DLR Test Monster, uh, whether it be Reddit and Twitter, uh, I'm happy to uh, help you there or obviously right here at the dynasty locker room on our very own forum go ahead and register feel free to drop any questions uh, whether it be related to fantasy hockey fantasy baseball fantasy football all of our writers are here to help you whenever you need so feel free to drop a line there or whether you have some things you'd like to hear about on the podcast see an article on uh, definitely always open to suggestions there as well uh, if you're more interested in helping us out, helping us reach more people, absolutely give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, comment wherever uh, you're listening on whatever platform. Do it on multi-platforms. I don't care. Uh, we would love to reach more viewers like you, a bigger audience, just to try and help people out. Uh, so give us a like, give us a subscribe, and give us a comment. Uh, always happy to hear any feedback. Uh, and as always, uh, this is us here at the Dynasty Locker Room. Until next time.